Hello, and welcome to Serious Vintage. I'm Jeff Mose. I'm Nat Mose. And I'm Josh Chappell. Today, we'll be talking about our M20 preview card, Mystic Forge. We're here with Andy Probasco, the Brassman, uh, and we thought we'd bring him on because he is a creative and knowledgeable haha, vintage deck builder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we wanted to share with him our M20 preview card in the hopes that he could help us do something with it. That's uh, that's exciting. I think it's important for listeners to know that uh, they very explicitly did not tell me they were going to do a preview card. <laughs> Yeah, we were, we were, I was actually hoping for a bigger reaction from Andy. Yeah, I'm disappointed. Andy, what do you think of our free preview card as provided by Wizards, Mystic Forge? (laughs) Is it in the... No. I have no information about it. Okay. Uh, Um, Mystic Forge, here's the thing. Um, Look, I think it's like borderline playable. Like, I wouldn't be like embarrassed to see it in a deck. I think it's it's probably not going to like change the format. Okay, I think that that's pretty fair. I think that's pretty good. We can end here. Yeah. I'm going to link it to you, and then I'll, I'll read it for the listening audience at home. So <laughs> Mystic Forge, this time we're not going to do the everyone reads one word, because that was great, but um, we'll, we'll just read it straight up this time. <laughs> so uh, Mystic Forge is an artifact. It costs four mana, and it has some rules text, which I will now read. You may look at the top card of your library anytime. You may cast the top card of your library if it's an artifact card or a colorless non-land card. And you can tap it and pay one life to exile the top card of your library. All right. All right. (laughs) So in my uh, inviting Andy on, I told him that we could be talking about tiny robots and prison shops and Karndrazi and some other vintage colorless focused some decks. some really highly artifact and colorless focused yeah. decks and um well here we are so andy take it away <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah i guess th- this is fun you'll get to see my terrible thought process all the way through please yeah i mean it's definitely cool it's definitely there's precedent in vintage for this right like people yes. will play um <laughs> anything if you tell them it's good that's true yes <laughs> no uh the, f- the first one was grafted skull clap which is terrible but now there's um mm-hmm. it was in conspiracy it's a four mana artifact you draw an extra card every turn oh Staff yeah of men? no it's just, it's just four mana all it does is draw an extra card it, it it's actually like really weird it's it has like a you do a vote on your turn oh but the way it's worded if you're playing a, a two-player game you're, yes. you're always gonna draw a card Oh, Chorus of portal, portal. right? Yeah, Chorus of Portal. Yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of rules text on that, but the end effect is just four mana artifact, draw an extra card each turn. Right. That has definitely seen play in vintage, not as like a staple, but you know, in real decks, it has only seen play in decks that are basically all artifacts and colorless non. Well, right. In lands, but uh, artifacts, colorless non cards. It's something that workshop decks in general sort of struggle with is having a draw engine that keeps up with anything blue because blue is so far superior in that regard that if shops feels like it needs to keep up, it tries things that are unique and different and really untested in this way. Traditionally, if you're playing against shops, it's often a case where if you can manage to answer their opening seven you're probably in a good position to win the game because they're going to be just drawing off the top one per turn and 
you have access to all of your your acceleration engines. Right. Yeah, and I think that this card compares favorably to that. Sure. I think most of the I would time, definitely say so. This is just going to be way better than those. If, if the top ten cards of your deck are lands, then it's basically the same as those. Or very slightly worse, but you're going to lose that game anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, right. I think that you might actually be better off in that case because you can exile them one per turn if they're lands, and if like the top card of your library is a land, you can exile that, and you can still play the next color of those mm-hmm. cards off the top. Right. Yeah, you would need like a big string of like six lands in a row or something. Yeah, like, for this yeah. to to be worse, and even then, if you had the other card. The only thing you you just have more lands in your hand that you couldn't play because you're already playing one land a turn. Yeah. Well, and I think in a deck like Tiny Robots or something that's like cheap, cheap artifacts, fairly big mana, cheap artifacts, like yeah. you could probably draw two or three cards a turn. You know, there are moxes. You know, you can mill land and hit a revoker and a yeah. ravager. Right. My first inclination with this card was, of course, something with very few lands in a sort of, you know, cheap artifact Belcher-like deck. I have no idea how to test that yet without sleeving it up, but I did have a, a list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Coercive Portal is like testing the boundary conditions. Right. The worst case scenario of this card is slightly better than a card that has seen vintage play. Right. That's good news for this card. But the best case scenario, there are decks that you're going to draw seven cards when you play Yeah, this. well, I mean, like, I, yeah. I'm looking at, can I play my entire deck? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's sort of like Diet Shops Bolus's Citadel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't get the life effect, which is, but which is good. It, like, yeah. Shops produces a ton right. of mana, and if you have a bunch of aggressively cost of things, you can just keep on digging through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually, this deck was terrible, but I actually built, I tried to make Experimental Frenzy work in several... Like when people saw that card, they were putting it in combo decks, but I was trying to run it in like oh, Affinity sure. and Eldrazi decks to just play fast things off the top of your deck. Um, and it was like, eh, okay, but this does the job of that. And much easier better. to cast for sure. Yeah, way easier to cast. Doesn't have the massive drawback of not being able to play right. cards from your own hand. Has the built in tap to exile the top card of your library is much better than paying like four yeah. mana to remove it. So yeah, just like Josh was saying, the old tiny robot style decks have a lot of uh, zero drops. This is a kill. One Mystic Forge, one Sensei's Divining Top, one Foundry Inspector. Oh, sure. That's a kill. That's that's draw your old deck. And you can decide what to do with oh. it from there. That's cool. So let's just throw this on the table. Nat, Jeff, and I have been looking at this card since Sunday night, and uh, we haven't got to that point. Andy's been looking at it for seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot Foundry Inspector was a card, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be right. awesome. Yeah, well, Inspector. Foundry Inspector and Sensei's yeah. top. I did get as far as Sensei's top, but. Yeah, that is interesting, right? I, there's four mana is an interesting cutoff point for workshops. If this card was three mana, then I'd be like, oh, this is something that you're building decks around and right. you're running four of them. Right. And four mana, yeah, I it's, it's definitely harder. Uh, that difference between three and four mana in workshops is so much. Not, not insurmountable, but a lot. Yeah, it's not insurmountable. I mean, obviously, enough of us have died <laughs> to first turn Lonestone Golem that it's like, yep, you can yeah, get to first four turn mana. Smokestack even. I mean, like, the, you know, that, that ability yeah. there. If you're going all in on the combo version, like, you know, you have five Moxes, you can play Mox Opal pretty easily, you can play Grim Monolith... Then you start getting into Voltaic Key, which works with Mystic Forge to get rid of 
cards you don't want on top of your deck. Obviously, then you're mm-hmm. in Time Vault. Yep. Then you're, you know, we talked about Sensei's mm-hmm. Divining Top, Foundry Inspector. Like, this deck builds itself. You say it builds itself, but I feel like it's actually one of yeah. those decks where there are more than 60 cards yep. worth of synergies. So I don't think you could take all the cards you just said and just put four of them in the deck and have it work. <laughs> well, some of them are restricted. So. Have space for that. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> four time vaults. But uh, that's not right. a bad thing. That just means <laughs> you right. get to decide which ones to right. push for. Well, and I think the mana cost is like, it's on par with how things are costed now. If this card were released two or three years ago, it would have cost six. I think mm-hmm. three is way too low. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think it's just like mm-hmm. off of one land, that's pretty bonkers. Right. But, five five uh, is... I think, I think four is a, a pretty fair Right, cost. five is unattractive, but maybe. And like four is like, okay, I can see this happening. Yeah, it's, it's funny thinking if, if it costs five, then you would have to build around right. it to run it. And if it costs three, it would be so good that you would have to build around it right. because it's so good. But four is like the middle point where like, ah, eh, you could run it kind of as a a card that has a lot of value with your deck or combos off with something or yeah. So Nat, is this a set you worked on at all or did you not work on? So not really this, um, this set was going into final editing just about when I was leaving wizards. And so as a result, I was sort of looking at cards whenever I had downtime, I would be looking at cards and just making vintage sort of related notes on upcoming cards that I thought were neat. And there were two cards in M20 that I put a vintage note on. This was one of them. And there's another one that I can't tell you about because I'm not sure when it's getting previewed. Neither this nor the other one were so egregious or obvious vintage cards that it was like something needed to change or this is going to upset the balance of the systems or anything like that. It was just like, I think my, my, I think my note on this was something like, if this hits in vintage, it will do something cool and fun and not like I'm worried about this card. Says the Belcher player. <laughs> I mean, no, my theory on vintage in general is that it's a inherently broken format and that you shouldn't try and force it into playing fair games, you know, mm-hmm. to the exclusion of all else, because it's just that's that's silly. And why would you want to? That's no fun. There's other formats if you want to be more interactive than <laughs> than this but you know vintage has plenty of interaction like people are still going to be able to interact with this i I don't think this is a automatic game winner every time Mm -hmm. but maybe who knows (laughs) (laughs) we will will see uh i am curious about can this go in non-entirely colorless decks so there's a few things to note about this card the first is the ability devoid which is colored cards that are colorless you can play devoid mm-hmm. cards off of the top of your deck. You can also play morphs off the top of your deck, which is wow. super weird and not at all intuitive, but Whoa. it's a thing you can do Whoa, that, because when you... That doesn't make sense Right, when you all. play the card, when you put the card on the stack, it's colorless. And yeah. Wait, obviously this is correct because you had this conversation I, I did Watsi check this out. I did confirm this. It's... But it's, it's weird to me that a morph counts as a card in the way that like... <laughs> some things are cards and some things well, are creatures, uh, right? Morphs are always cards. Card, that kind they're of thing. just upside down cards. But, yeah. And they're colorless. That's so weird. They're, they're three drops. They, they cost three colorless mana. So when you look at the top yeah. of your card and see that it's a, I don't know, will bender and put it onto the stack as a morph, it's a colorless card. 
we're going to see a, a strange vintage metagame in which all the Mystic Forge decks get beat by all the yeah, Painter right. decks. <laughs> the <laughs> counter to that is, with Micah St. Lattice, you can play every card in your deck regardless. But if Micah St. Lattice and a Painter is in play. <laughs> and, and, and then with, you know, Karn the Great Creator, your entire deck is shut down. So. Yeah, that's you know, fun. Yeah, so, uh, fun. But, but yeah, I mean, you can play cards that are have colored mana on them if they are morphs or they are devoid. So I'm admittedly not too up on the devoid keyword. Is there enough support in devoid to like really build a colored I mean, devoid I was, deck I was looking through this? them. You're welcome to as well. They're, they're not, I mean, I wasn't wowed immediately by any of them, but you know, there are, there are some like utility spells and stuff where it's like, you know, Hey, I maybe want to burn spell or something. Yeah, Ghost Flame is the only one. Yeah, I well, I mean, like, of. you know, do I want a um, draw spell that just moves cards off the top of my deck? But, I mean, then you're getting into, like, paying retail prices for cards that were intended for standard and stuff. So, like, eh. Even if you don't have, a like, a heavy number of artifacts, like, the base effect that it has is still pretty good. Like, you're essentially scrying one every turn at worst. Yeah, like, I don't know that you would consider it in a like a xerox deck that's running very very few artifacts but i don't know like outcome is already 20 percent artifact or something like that and if you're already running a divining top we're kind of glazed over it and maybe it's super obvious to our listeners but even with nothing else this card in divining top means you can you draw one card yeah for one card for one mana as many times as you want to which is right on your turn i mean it's still sorcery speed but (laughs) but that's still really good And that's and if during this process some of the cards on the top of your deck happen to be moxes, then you play them for free and then draw more cards off of those moxes. Yeah. And then one time per turn you get to skip past the land right. during that. You can even mill away a defining top if you get an extra sure. one or something. <laughs> In a deck like Outcome, that four mana cost, you're you're comparing it to outcome. I mean you're not gonna <laughs> cut an outcome yeah. for it, but like Jaces or something. Karns, I don't know. But it's certainly you know, I could see it drawing five or six cards. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't think it's like a very clear slam dunk. I think it's like, uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. And maybe there's something we're not thinking about that someone else comes up Probably. with that like, makes it a slam dunk. But It's an interesting enabler. Like, this definitely has a relevant effect that could be really broken with the right pieces right. around it. Yeah, so like things that jump out to me from the weird decks that I've built in the past, the things I've tried to shove Frenzy in. One is like the Tiny Robots deck, which I know we've talked about on stream before, but just imagine Workshop Aggro, but with like zero drops, like Memphis and Ornithopters, and just as low to the ground as you could possibly go. This card will draw, I don't know, three extra cards per turn on average or something. That deck also has a very low land count Mm -hmm. naturally. And I guess you could just play Ballistas off the top of your library to just cycle, right? Yeah, yeah, you just pay it for free if you're trying to get to the next card. Yeah. There's also, this didn't work for me, and it probably won't work for for this card, but Eldrazi have a few things going for it with this kind of effect. Like Endless One, you can cycle the same way you could cycle a Walking Ballista. There's that land that makes all Eldrazi cost two less. Yeah, is that Eye of Ugin? Eye of Ugin. Yeah, because yeah, that, so. that one, yeah. if you hit the right string of Eldrazi, you can play a bunch uh-huh. of them for free, or at lower cost. Yeah. I mean, like, you can string those. And since one of the biggest problems with Eldrazi decks in Vintage is the mana is kind of awkward, going from red to colorless is huge. Now, no one in the world was playing this deck besides me, so that doesn't yeah, really yeah. mean anything, but 
I'm excited about that. Um, I think Foundry Inspector is the biggest, is the most mm-hmm. exciting thing though, because there's just this natural like it progresses. Like know. if you if you get your Foundry Inspector into Mystic Mystic Forge on turn two. Yeah. You can play your one drops for free. If you get a second Foundry Inspector, you can now play your one and two drops for free. Then if you're mm-hmm. playing all of these together. And that's like even multiple Mystic Forges can help you get past dead spots in your deck. So like if you have a Mystic Forge, yeah. find a second Mystic Forge. Now you can get rid of two cards, you know, two lands or whatever. That great. So mm-hmm. that's all positive. I mean, you know, my, my hypothetical deck has like, uh, either flux reservoir in it too because you're you're just bound to be playing lots of cards sure and mirrored and besieged maybe <laughs> i mean actually like why not well seriously <laughs> though thought. i mean like that's that's a thing you can do that i have to look this card up doing it now. Mirrored and besieged? oh that's probably the card from modern horizons that jeff, I... jeff seems like he should be really excited about that card <laughs> okay because it's just like you can play it, and if you have 15 artifacts, and the even if you have 14 artifacts, you win the game at the end of your turn. Yeah, cool. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> Except you don't, as was pointed out, you don't win the game. Your opponent loses the game. They lose the game. That's that is important. <laughs> in uh, like multiplayer commander, that's strictly yep. worse than winning the game. <laughs> it's but true. I think, I think in one on one vintage, it's strictly better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have the choice of winning the game or your right. opponent losing the game. I think. You might right? be right. It just seems better. I'm really hung up this, on this idea of like, if you took just a stock Rapture Shops list and just plopped and added right. three or four of these and maybe four Divining Tops, that's a kill in that deck just because if you're drawing your whole deck and you have four Foundry Inspectors, you're going to get enough right. artifacts in play and a single Walking Blissa and a single Ravager that right. it's going to deal 20 damage. Oh, yeah. Without running any combo currents right. at all. Yeah. Well, except for Mystic Forge and Four Sensei's Divining Tops. <laughs> yes, but both of right. those cards, especially Mystic Forge, like people already ran Mystic Forge, not in the really aggressive Ravager Shops decks, but you know, it's it's not like if you draw Mystic Forge and you never see a Divining right. Top all right. game, it's bad. Well, and with, with either one good. of those. I mean, the, the thing is just always with that kind of deck or with Eldrazi or with even Prison Shops or something like, you know, where do you cut your threats and actual game pieces for something like this that is kind of speculative? Yeah. In blue decks, you can cut stuff for preordain because the investment is so little like with this you're actually investing most of a turn in the early game to do this probably which is harder to overcome sometimes especially for shops Mm -hmm. i think that is the big difference between three and four mana is the idea that like you could expect to play a three drop on turn one and not be too worried about it but the four drop is it's not even a turn two play like it's a turn three or four play after you've emptied your whole hand also, unlike Coercive Portal and, and all the similar cards in the past, it works mm-hmm. immediately. If you top deck this on turn six, you get to start doing stuff, right? You play it. Yeah, it's not a bad top deck. It's actually right. quite and a good that, top And that deck. actually makes it a little bit better because you could play fewer of them and you know play them uh, as a three of so that you can find one, but you don't necessarily flood yourself with them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you probably don't want two of these in your opening grip. Right. It's not going to be good. I mean, if you got four tops and four inspectors in your deck, you might, but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So definitely. The other thing I was thinking about with this card is that it's a card that is probably better with the London Mulligan, which is also going to be taking place with uh, M20. Cause this is, this is one of those cards that definitely benefits from having Mishra's Workshop in your hand. Mishra's Workshop benefits from the London mm-hmm. Mulligan. Okay. Uh, and then same thing where this, you can pick an opening hand that either has this and benefits from it or, you know, 
gets rid of this and finds something later or whatever. Like your mulligans are just better, so this falls into that that plan. Yeah, drawing it on yeah. your multi six, you can decide. <laughs> oh, this is right. not a Mystic Forge game. Um, <laughs> easy enough to do. And in the extreme example, if there is a um, Belcher Forge mm. deck, then that's a deck that gets a lot better with uh, <laughs> right, the right. as well. A Belcher yeah. Forge deck. Well, I, I posted my list in the in the thread. I don't know if you guys saw that, but it does have. It has five lands and four Mystic Forge. That's good. So you can play all four Mystic Forges and mill yep, off the other that's four. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I had Helm of Awakening in the deck because, again, I forgot that Boundary Inspector was a card. But you could probably upgrade those. You could play both. Or play both. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I yeah. see that you have an Ashnod's Altar. And something that popped in my head, but I like there is a Kark Clan Ironwork deck mm. that involves this card. But I don't. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't know what any of the other I feel like there's, the there's a bunch of decks that could involve this card that I'm not qualified to build. I, I know what's out there, but yeah. like I see, I see the potential, and I just this this is too much to wrap my head around in the four three three or four days that we've seen this card. So. Yeah, and we talked about this too. Like we don't know much about other formats. Like I don't know standard. I guess it's really dependent, but probably not that exciting. Uh, Legacy. I doubt it sees much play. Modern, same thing. I bet it's good and limited. Probably a commander card. I mean, it scries and limited. Like, that's not bad. This is one of those cards that gets better with the deeper pool of artifacts. So it just gets better as the format gets older, simply because you have more moxes or you have more broken restricted cards that are cheap, that sort of thing. So, like, it's going to be at its peak, probably in vintage. And then followed closely by Legacy, where you have four LEDs and four Lotus Petals and four Grim Monolith and can mash through your deck in that way. And actually, maybe it's, again, because of LED, maybe it's better in Legacy because you have that. LED lets you play colored costs more easily. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I had up back when I thought this was, we were just talking about random colorless <laughs> decks. I pulled up some of the various <laughs> vintage lists right now. Which is pretty new for vintage to have three like very different colorless decks. There's like the Ravager Shops, which we've seen around for a while, but now there's two different Karn decks. There's a colorless Karn Eldrazi deck and a colorless Karn like yeah. combo workshop deck. I could definitely see like adding one of these to Ravager Shops probably mm-hmm. makes it better. Adding four, right. maybe not. I don't know. But the the Karn deck as well now like having a grim monolith or voltaiki on the top of your deck when you cast this card yeah, is right. pretty nice it's just like having extra moxes right it's more cards that just cycle yeah. through and pay for themselves the four monoliths in that deck which is kind of like this risky thing is even better with a forge out that's kind of what i wanted to talk about too is the potential drawbacks to this card like so obviously karn the great creator is probably going to play very well against this card although it can play alongside it you know i don't think you're exclusive on that mm-hmm. this is not hurt by narset you can still draw cards mm-hmm. or yeah. you, you don't draw cards you just play them so like that's yeah. that's free collector oof is the same sort of thing as karn and then there's a bunch of other artifact removal that came in with modern horizons too but i mean so to some extent i think Mystic Forge encourages you to play a deck that is bad against mm-hmm. Karn and Oof, but Mystic Forge right. itself is not right, really that bad against them. Right, because you still get the them. benefit. And... Yeah, even if the card's on top of your deck, you play like three Moxes off the top and you can't use the Moxes. <laughs> if you didn't draw have it, you were just going to draw right, three yeah. dead Moxes. And you could also use this card just to, I don't know, play a bunch of value cards, right? Just to just tap five mana mm-hmm. and play a Precursor Golem. Pretty amazing yeah. against an Allrod. So 
it's interesting. I don't yeah. think it, it saves the Karn chopstick, which is very weak to Null Rod. I don't think it suddenly makes it good against Null Rod or anything, but it's not. Yeah. It doesn't make it worse. You lose the tap ability, but you can still do a lot with the card without that tap ability. I know. It's very interesting. Like I said, this this was not one that I immediately knew what to build with it or anything like that. There were there were a lot of directions to go. <laughs> and that's what and that's why my, my <laughs> comment I felt was good where it was just like I don't I don't know what this does, but I think it will be fun and neat rather than like threatening. So and maybe it'll end up threatening anyway. I don't know. <laughs> it is funny at the time at the time you were having that conversation, the concept of colorless oh, decks yeah. and vintage was different. Yep. Right. I mean you knew that Karn was coming and you knew that people were gonna play yep. it, but you didn't know yeah, in what ways degree, or how big it was going to sure. be. No, it's cool. And there definitely is a turn one yeah. combo deck that involves it. I don't know if that looks well, like Belcher. I mean, or I mean it doesn't else. look exactly like Belcher because Belcher is sort of a different a, a different deck building requirement. Yeah, yeah. This has its own deck building requirements, so it's going to be mostly cheap artifacts mm-hmm. and then find a way to win. I'm not sure, but yeah, there'll be a lot right. of shared cards between them. But yeah, not. I mean, like you're still going to have all of there'll your restricted artifacts too. and then uh, something beyond that. And I, I mm-hmm. you know. Potentially, you could play this with Belcher. I don't know. Like that. That, now I have to look at your deck list again. I have a Belcher in there. Yeah. I only have five lands. Yeah. Four Workshop, one Academy is the yeah. only lands in your deck. I kind well, of and you can... Um, really, really... My neat. thinking was you have the four Voltaic Keys. Like, if you have Belcher out, you can untap it and use it again if you have the ability. <laughs> Yeah, you got a ton of mana, maybe. but Who knows? maybe you'll get it. That's, I mean, this is why I needed the, the uh, Foundry Inspectors. So Yeah, I do expect that Alter plus Thopters and Memnites is probably not Come on. the end goal. <laughs> I, I like the well. Hope of Gearifer. I, I mean, maybe not as a main deck card, but as, I kind of wanted it there. It's the one that, that's kind of, it's like Xanax. It, it right? costs one. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, maybe that's fine. Um, yeah, there's probably another way to... I mean, I'm really surprised that your initial plan wasn't just all eggs. Considering I your egg thought background. about it, and that's certainly possible. <laughs> uh, why not? I mean, there are other egg-like artifacts too. I'm most now. Now, I mean, Josh brought up the fact that you could just play like ballista off the top. I'm curious about yeah, stuff hanger like backwalker for free. Yeah, in a pure combo deck, you're probably just using it to cycle. You're, but I mean, you're exiling a... bridges. Come on, yeah. woo! Yeah. Yeah, but so consider you have this deck that's filled with Moxes and Mishra's Workshops, right? So you have four Ballista, four Hanger, Backwalker. You use them to cycle when you're going for the combo, but you can also just get a hand that's turn one, Workshop, Lotus, three, three, yeah, Ballista, right. go, right? It's not yeah. terrible. It's something. Like that That play wins yeah. Workshop games. Well, I was thinking back to like the Forge Master, Metalworker, Staff of Domination decks that I used to play where it's like, especially when lodestone golem was unrestricted like sometimes you just went lodestone golem lodestone golem and won the game because you know what was your opponent going to do about that <laughs> and i feel like there's similar openings with if you're playing walking ballista and hanger back like you know you just put out mm-hmm. a couple of threatening creatures and kill your opponent in two or three turns that's a thing are you going to make a turn one combo deck that runs like Tridosphere in it potentially <laughs> why not <laughs> like I, I I don't know how Trinisphere fits into the specific build that you put together, but like there's right. something there, right? I mean, obviously with Trinisphere out, you're. I mean, you're I, not I definitely I game, I thought of that when I was putting my list together, and like you know, you can run Trinisphere and Lodestone and Chalice, and like Chalice certainly doesn't hurt you. Like you can get mm-hmm, rid of that mm-hmm. card pretty easily. But um, yeah, I don't know. Huh. <laughs> Maybe that's the 
the thing to do with this card that's the yeah. most open-ended, right? There are ways to try to kill as fast as possible with this. I don't yeah, know right. where to begin. You could play Painter or parts of two-card Monty, too. Where I mean, maybe... Does Painter shut off? Oh, yeah, Painter the... does. Yeah, you're right. Um, yes, Painter for sure yeah, does. Don't yeah. play Painter so... and Grindstone. Jeff, excise <laughs> that from the podcast. But the... No, no, leave it <laughs> but yeah. Leyline Helm and uh, Bolt Key. Yeah, and all Leyline Helm, Bolt Key. Um, you can play um, Traxos. That guy's always fun. E- even Metalworker Staff. Like, obviously, that's kind of redundant. But if you have Metalworker and this, that's good. Yeah, I can't help but thinking there's got to be something that we haven't found yet involving the new Karn. Mm. So you can build a Karn deck that. Just uses Karn to get Michael mm-hmm. Lettuce, and that's it. You can build a Karn deck that uses Karn to yeah. get Time Vault with a bunch of Voltaic keys in your deck. But if there is like a fairly compact combo, I mean, we we know that you can yeah. do it with three cards with Inspector and this and top. I don't think there's a two card one, but like if you, I don't know, if you already had Inspectors in your deck and you already had tops in your deck, then obviously you just run one of these in the sideboard with Karn mm-hmm. and that's a kill. Oh, sure. Yeah. Though most of the Karn decks aren't running Inspectors because it doesn't make Karn right. cheaper. But there's something there, right? There's some combination of this and like two yeah. other cards that works that you could just get as a value. You don't have to build around it. You just kind of, it's there. I stepped away, but Painter works fine with this card. No, it. Sh- oh, you're right. Because you could still play all your artifact cards. Oh, artifact Yeah, is you're fine still playing artifacts, card. and you're not, unless you're playing like. Devoid you know, it, stuff, it stops devoid, but don't do that. Yeah, don't play devoid. Yeah, yeah, okay. We already talked yeah. about that. <laughs> it's going to shut off your Aldrazi, I suppose, but you're not playing Aldrazi either in a painter version of this. It wouldn't be the realistic experience of seeing a spoiled card for the first it. time yeah. and brainstorming about it if we didn't get like one right. ridiculous thing wrong. Um, yeah. <laughs> or 10 ridiculous things wrong. Yeah, so you can painter grind all you want with the Mystic yeah, Forge. Right. I was also thinking you can potentially run. I mean, if you're going for the fast all-in sort of kill deck, you can run Urza's Bobble and Mishra's Bobble, play as many of those as you can, and then start your second turn with, you know, 12 cards in your hand or whatever. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's always a possibility. There are how many of those now? I think there are 12 total. Depends on what you're counting, but I think the Urza's Bobble and Mishra's Bobble, I think, are the only zeros. Are they the only zeros? I thought that there was another Yeah, one. and I mean, there's some stuff that's similar. I mean, if we're looking at eggs, like... You know, you start with Chromatic Sphere and Chromatic Star probably and go from there. Mm-hmm. That's also certainly possible. There's a lot of things you could potentially do with it, with this card, and I'm just not sure what the right direction to go in is initially. Like, there's there's a lot of things you can experiment with. Oh, yeah. Lodestone Bubble, you have to tap a man right. to activate it. I can't wait to see what thoughts pop into Andy's head like two days after. Well, that's we that's fine. Podcast. If he if he comes up with a deck list or whatever, we can certainly put it in the show notes. I will put my terrible deck list in the show notes for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is definitely the. Who knows what else is going to be in M twenty? Uh, Why well, Matt does that's I guess as a rhetorical question, uh, but this is definitely a card that I yeah. would build around. I don't know which of the decks I would build first, but there's something yeah. there for sure. <laughs> well, great. I kind of like the. We mentioned it's bad against Nullrod, but I almost. Uh, it's something that I'm kind of obsessed with, is this workshop decks versus Nullrod. You could play um, it alongside Nullrod. You could, if you if you build right, it in sure. a very particular way. Inspector plus this card is good yep. with Nullrod out or without it out. If you add the tops to that, the top isn't good, but <laughs> whatever. That's, you don't have to add the tops, or, you know, that's an easy sideboard situation, right? Against the decks where yeah. Nullrod is good, you have it. 
right now that's a lot of decks. So so that's interesting. Running it as this weird null rod resistant yeah. value combo. But then also there's like, you know, six different yep. combos you can run with it. No, I, I there's there's a lot of potential with this card, I think. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm excited to see what terrible vintage deck builders like Andy are gonna do with it. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff that can happen with this card. Thanks for being on the show, Andy, to help us preview it. Thank you for giving me this exciting episode secretly. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> what are friends for? Yeah. <laughs> it's happened again. You've wasted the better part of half an hour listening to Serious Vintage. Thanks for joining us for this free preview card from M20 from Wizards of the Coast. I'm Jeff Mose. I'm Nat Mose. I'm Josh Chappell. And I'm Andy Probasco. And we hope you'll join us next time for more Serious Vintage. Take a little trip, take a little trip, take a little trip and see. I found a flask in my car. What? Come on. <laughs>